Welcome to the School of Sellers podcast, a teacher business show that is short on time, but big on action. Full-time, part-time, or just getting started? No matter where you are in your teacher-seller journey, there's something here for everyone. Making your online teacher business feel doable every step of the way. Here's your host, Erin Waters. Just a quick note about today's episode. In the spirit of working smarter and not harder, I've repurposed several of my Facebook Lives into podcast episodes. You'll experience a slightly different sound with the exact same actionable content. All right, here we go. Hello there and welcome to another Facebook Live. We're doing things a little differently today. If you were with us last week, um, we did the, the live directly in the School of Sellers Facebook group. So um, I will be posting this video in the School of Sellers Facebook group, but if you are watching and you are not already a part of that group, please head on over and ask to join. It's a great group of sellers where we just talk all things TPT and how to make all this business stuff doable. So we are going to get started. I'm going to wait to officially start for like maybe another minute. Um, and you'll notice too that this week I'm starting at a different time. I'm kind of playing around at the different times um, for the next few weeks to see what works best. But the beauty of Facebook Live is that you can rewatch whenever you want, whether it's later today, maybe you're catching the replay a week from now, even a year from now, this video will be here to stay and you can access it anytime you want. So before we officially get started, I feel like I need to give you a little warning, a little disclaimer, if you will, that this is a not a normally scheduled um, Facebook Live time for me. So I do have a two and a half year old right on the other side of my office door. So if you hear any strange noises, it's probably her. Um, so that should be interesting, but hopefully she behaves herself, you know, as two and a half year olds usually do, right? So today we are diving into the topic of blogging. And I think it's ironic that this is my second Facebook Live because the first two topics I've covered so far are ones that I literally can't stand. I'm not a big fan of analytics and I hate blogging almost as much. So. Um, with that being said, it is a necessary evil that we all deal with in the teacher-seller world. So we're going to dive into why we hate it and what we can do to make it a little easier for us and some little tips and tricks along the way to make the process not as painful because it is painful. Um, let's talk about why blogging sucks. Okay, why does it suck and why do so many people hate it? Because I know I'm not alone in this. First of all, this whole blogging thing is one giant game of expectation versus reality. If you were to tell someone in your family what you do for a living and you mentioned that part of your job was blogging, they probably have this image of you sitting behind a computer like typing away, clicking publish, and being done with your day, right? It seems and sounds like a very simple job and a very simple task, but we know from experience that it's not. Blogging is way more than a blog post, especially these days. We have so many other things to think about. We have our keywords, um, optimizing our blog posts for search engines. We need to promote our blog posts. We need to set up our Google Analytics. We need to make sure we have links. You know, I could go on and on. It's a lot to handle. Blogging is hard. That's the simple truth. Blogging is hard and there's no way around it. So that's one reason why we don't like it. It's hard. Two, 
the kind of energy that it takes from us is so much harder than our typical tasks that we have to do on a day-to-day -day basis. If you woke up and you told me you have two hours to do whatever you want for your job and I chose to do blogging, there's no guarantee that I'm going to be able to churn out a blog post into those two hours because blogging requires creative energy. It requires different types of brain cells. You know, there's obviously the creative aspect where you have to write something that someone will actually want to read. But then there's the technical stuff you have to do, um, you know, setting up all the keywords and the text on your image, all that stuff. Um, it just pulls your brain in a lot of different directions. So it literally zaps your energy once you're done. It's not like a simple cross off your to-do list task. It takes time and it takes energy. Um, we also don't like blogging because it really does matter, right? We try to tell ourselves, oh, you don't, you know, it's okay if you don't blog. But the truth is that your blog, especially in the teacher seller world, is the one thing other than your email list that you own. It's your own little space on the internet and it's where you want to drive traffic to. Um, it's where you keep blog posts. It's where you might have a store set up. So even if you're not an avid blogger, your website still matters. And that's part of the reason why we hate it so much, because in the back of our minds, we know it's important, but we try to tell ourselves it's not. And listen, I will be totally honest. I'm like the poster child for someone who should like to blog. I don't like to blog, but like growing up, I was in like writing contests. I was in a power of the pen club and I love to write like I did it competitively um, I was an English major in college and I still enjoy writing but I don't enjoy blogging and we're gonna talk about that so if it makes you feel any better on paper I'm someone that should love blogging and I don't love blogging so if you don't love blogging it's okay you're not alone and today I'm going to show you some ways to get around that now I think one of the other frustrating things um, about blogging that sucks and that we hate is that we don't get instant gratification out of blogging like we do in other areas of our business right if we post on Facebook or Instagram right away we see those likes we see those comments and we're instantly seeing the fruits of our labor right but blogging is definitely not the case unless you have a crazy viral post that goes viral overnight you don't see the effects right away and you hear over and over that you have to be a consistent blogger, but it's hard to believe that and it's hard to follow through with that when you don't get those results right away. So I feel you, that is so frustrating. And last but not least, I think one of the reasons we don't like to blog is because we spend so much time thinking about how we should be blogging and feeling guilty about it and feeling ashamed and pushing it off of our to-do list that we are like training our brains to realize blogging as a negative thing. So, sorry blogging, it's not you, it's us. But it's also you because blogging, like I said, it's hard. So because blogging is hard, we have this natural avoidance to blogging and we tell ourselves lies, okay, straight up lies. One of the blogging lies we tell ourselves is, I'll do it tomorrow. Okay, one, no you won't. And two, you're not gonna do it the next day either because blogging is one of those tasks, I call it like my rain cloud tasks, right? It's not pleasant, but the more you avoid it, it follows you around like a little rain cloud above your head and you can't escape it. The only way to escape it is by actually doing it 
but we're still so anti-blogging that we still won't do our blog posts, even though it's kind of hanging around on our to-do list day after day after day. Another lie you tell yourself about blogging is, well, blogging is dead. It's not really like in anymore. Well, that's not true. Maybe in the traditional sense, blogging is not the way it used to be. I know when I first started blogging, and I use that term loosely, it was full of blog loops, blog hops, linky parties, all this really honestly easy stuff to do in order to get traffic to your blog. And nowadays, it's full of all the techie stuff. Search engine optimization, um, tags, and making sure that your blog is promoted and sending your list the blog link, all of those things. It's not how it was five years ago. So yes, that old sense of blogging is gone and dying out, but the new sense of blogging is even more crucial in my opinion, because you're not just treating your blog like a blog anymore, it's your website, okay? And that mind shift will help you put more priority on your blog, I think, viewing it more as a website. Blog just doesn't fully encompass what you are doing when you sit down and log into WordPress or wherever it is that you have your blog. Um, and guess what, websites aren't going away anytime soon, so it's time to get serious about your blog and realize all that it has to offer for you. Another, this is my favorite, blogging lie you tell yourself is that I'm going to rebrand and then that will make me start blogging more. I'm going to get my blog makeover done and maybe then I'll start blogging. Raise your hand if you have told yourself this. I could raise my hand multiple times because I've done it multiple times. Well, spoiler alert, it's not going to happen. A new face on your blog is not going to make you blog more. Unless it's a newfangled like self-blogging blog, it's not going to happen. And last but not least, a lie we tell ourselves is, I don't know what to write about. And that's a lie because you have things to write about. Maybe it's not the next big New York Times bestseller, but you have experiences in the classroom that you can always write about, no matter how basic. No matter how mundane they seem to you, you can spin your experiences into a blog post. And you also have the gift of all those products in your teacher store, right? You have created all these amazing products, so you can't sit there and sit there and say, I don't know what to write about, because you can write about your products. I know that's kind of like desperation writing, but that's something that you can write about. Okay, so we're gonna talk today how we're going to fix this, right? Because we agree. Blogging sucks. Most of us hate it. If you don't think blogging sucks and you don't hate blogging, then I'm actually really jealous of you and maybe you can share your secrets with me. But that's not changing for me. I'm going to probably dislike blogging until the day I die and I'm going to think it sucks probably until the day I die. So with that being said, I think it's important to dive into ways that we can make it easier and a little less painful. Less painful, not painless, but less painful. And before I give you my solutions, I wanted to say that a super easy solution to this is you could hire someone out to write your blog posts. I don't do that. I'm not interested in doing that. My voice in my blog posts is super important to me. Um, so that's just not something that I personally do for my business. But if that sounds appealing to you, 
then you can press stop now and go find yourself a blog writer because there are plenty out there. They do a great job. Um, and so that's always an option. I would be remiss to not mention that option. But these are my options for you if you are very much a DIY person like myself. And these are in no particular order, just a list of things that I find really simplify the blogging process for me. Now, perhaps the biggest one is you have to lower your expectations. And you'll probably hear me say this a million times, but you can't expect everything to be perfect and also expect everything to get done, okay? Things being done and things being perfect do not go hand in hand. It's one or the other. Now, I'm not saying that you should be like, well, I'm just gonna write a bunch of crap that no one's gonna wanna write, no one's gonna wanna read. That's not what I'm saying. But you shouldn't go into every single blog post expecting it to be like number one on the bestsellers list, right? That's putting a lot of pressure on you. It's not realistic. And that's going to result in you writing absolutely nothing. So you've got to lower those expectations. Um, last week I talked about B minus work. You have to be okay with less than perfect. Okay, nobody's perfect. And we should stop setting ourselves to those high standards. And that starts with blogging especially because that's one of the things that holds us back completely is this idea that we have to have a great blog post every single week. Like, unless you're a robot, that's not happening. So let's talk about how you can be more realistic with your expectations when it comes to the quantity of your blog posts and also the quality. So if you were to ask a blogging expert how often you should be blogging, obviously they're going to tell you, one, consistently, that's true, and two, they're probably going to tell you that you should be blogging every week. While that's also probably true, that's in a perfect world. And we're not talking about a perfect world. We're talking about a realistic world where things are actually doable. So to be realistic with yourself, I think you need to let go of that idea that you need to be writing a blog post every week. And you can start small. Start by telling yourself that you're going to write a blog post every month and see if you can write a blog post once a month for 12 months. Right away, you're faced with the possibility of either having to write 52 blog posts in the next year or 12 blog posts in the next year. That is a huge difference when it comes to telling yourself that you can actually get something done, right? I'm way more likely to be motivated and feel capable when I'm thinking about 12 blog posts in a year rather than 52 blog posts in a year. The idea of 52 blog posts in a year makes me wanna like curl up in a little ball and hide for the next year. So be realistic with the amount of blogs that you're actually going to publish. I think that a monthly blog is better than never because if you tell yourself you're gonna blog every week, most likely you're not gonna blog at all. It's gonna have the opposite effect. So once a month is better than zero times a month, in my opinion. Um, also be realistic with the quality of your blog posts. Just like I mentioned earlier, if you ask a blog expert, um, the, about the qualities of a good blog post, they're going to give you a laundry list of things that sure they sound good, but they're not realistic. You can't expect perfection out of every single thing that you produce. So I think you need to kind of meet in the middle. Obviously you don't want to be putting out content that's riddled with errors and that sounds like a three-year-old wrote it. That's not appealing, but you're also not needing to publish a blog post that sounds like an award-winning novelist wrote it either, okay? You just need to, first of all, just produce something and make sure that it doesn't suck. 
high standards, right? So you have to let go of those perfectionist tendencies because I know as teachers, we all have some degree of those and it really holds us back when we come to blogging. Um, so I think that when we're talking about quality too, um, there's a lot of talk about how long a blog post has to be. And, you know, this changes from year to year. I swear the recommendations keep going back and forth. But just like I said that one blog post a month is better than never blogging at all, I think that a short blog post is better than no blog post, right? A blog post that is done and published is a thousand times better than a blog post that never gets done in the first place. So tell yourself that done is better than perfect. And it's more important to do maybe one blog post that's pretty good once a month than being like, you know what, forget it. I'm not blogging ever. So I think when it comes to blogging too, it's really important to know your ideal blogging conditions. This is a really little thing, but I know that the time of day for me really matters. Like I'm way more likely to turn out a quality blog post in the morning than I am at night because by the end of the day I am exhausted. I'm running low on patience with my kids. I love them, but it's just not my best creative space in the evenings because I'm just so depleted from the day. So make sure you know when you are most likely to write a blog post and do it well, because when you actually make time in your schedule for that, you can take that into account. Um, also know the conditions that you need for writing a good blog post. I know that I can get so much done if I go to like Starbucks and sit there for a couple hours and do work, but I can't write blog posts at Starbucks. There are too many distractions, um, too much noise, too much going on. So know exactly what you need and when you need it and make sure that when you actually do make time to write that blog post that your conditions are perfect because it'll make it so much easier. Um, I also think it's really important to have ideas prepared. Um, supposedly there are like magical unicorn people in the universe that can sit down and randomly be like, I'm going to write a blog post and they're able to write this amazing blog post from start to finish. But I am not one of those people and I need to have a bank of ideas to choose from when it's time for me to write my blog posts or plan my blog posts. So I strongly encourage you to keep um, like a note on your notepad, your phone. Um, sometimes I text myself when a random idea pops into my head. That's really helpful because it doesn't get lost in the black hole of my, you know, my notepad or um, camera roll on my phone. Um, I also love having a Google Doc that's literally just, it's called Brain Dump. Honestly, that's the name of it. It's just, it's my giant brain dump where anytime I think of anything, it goes on that document because I know that I will use it for something later on down the road. Because the truth is, when it comes to our business, like whether it's blogging or writing copy for Facebook ads or anything, inspiration is really everywhere. And that sounds so silly and like cliche to say, but it's true you're going to find inspiration in the strangest of places and you're going to end up being able to use it um, later on down the road, whether it's for a blog post or an anecdote that you share as part of your Facebook ads. Um, but you're never going to be able to use it if you don't write it down. Because I know you say, oh, I'm going to remember this for later. But the truth is, you won't. So make sure you're writing down even the tiniest of stories. There's no story too small to share um, as part of your blog content. Now, this is one of my favorite things to talk about is how to make the actual process of writing a blog easier, right? Because it's easy to say like, oh, I'm gonna blog in the morning when I'm most creative and things like that. Sure, those are helpful, but what's going to make the actual 
writing process more simple, less painful, and quicker, right? Just to get it over with. So there are a couple of suggestions I have for you today. And if you um, attended my session in Austin last year, I talked a little bit about this in my presentation, but we're gonna go a little deeper. One of the things I love to do to make blogging easier is to use what I call like easy peasy blog posts. And these are blog posts that are alternatives to your traditional, like really in-depth blog posts. They don't take as long to write. They don't take as much brain power for you to plan. And a lot of times it relies on someone else doing part of the work as well. So not all the um, pressure lies on you for creating that blog post. So to give you some examples of some easy peasy blog posts. These are basically like shortcut posts, to be honest, a shortcut to a longer traditional blog post um, would be like making a top 10 list. Maybe you're going to make a top 10 list of your favorite um, books you use to teach writing. You can use, um, you can write a Q&A blog post. Maybe you could compile all the questions that people have asked you about a certain product or process. Um, that you're known for in the TPT world and share your answers in a blog post. People love Q&A blog posts. And it's a great thing to have so that way when you are answering your actual Q&As on, on TPT, you can be like, hey, I wrote a blog post about this, go check it out. That way you're not typing the same responses over and over and over to the same questions over and over and over. Repurposed blog posts are always great. These are blogs that you, um, you can either revamp an old one of your blog posts that's already written, or you can take something like feedback from a TPT product and turn it into a blog post. I'll talk more about repurposing here in a minute. Guest posting, that's still an option. That's kind of old school too, but I see it coming back a little bit more. There are some great Facebook groups where you can find people to collaborate with so that you can host guest bloggers and also in return be a blogger on their sites, it's great for getting traffic to your website, and it's a blog post that you don't have to write. Um, an interview blog post. I did a series of blog posts that was called Meet the Teacher, and I simply sent out an email to my list, and I said I'm looking for teachers in the elementary classroom who fit a variety of descriptions, and I sent them a Google survey. They answered all the questions, and I turned it into a blog post. They sent me a couple pictures, I posted them, and it was one of the easiest set of blog posts that I've ever done because the information was there for me. I basically just had to edit it and polish it. So that's always a really good option. And the, the options for um, interviewing people are endless. Everybody, we all know teachers, we all know people in the education world. So get out there and see who you can interview because that's a really easy and quick way to create a blog post without a whole lot of time and energy involved. Another one of my favorite blog posts to read is the Ask Me Anything blogs. I know this is big on Instagram. You can pop on your stories and say, hey, I'm gonna put a blog post up later this week. Ask me any question you want. You can narrow it down if you want and say, ask me anything you want about teaching writing or reading, or you can just keep it open-ended. And then you have a whole list of questions that you can post in your blog post and you get to answer them. People love to read those. And they're fun to write because who doesn't like talking about themselves, right? It's just an easy, quick, simple, engaging idea for you to use that doesn't take a whole lot of time or energy. And let's see here. The last thing kind of along those lines would be to crowdsource um, a blog post. You could always ask a question to your email list or on Facebook and then use the responses 
as part of your blog post. The content's pretty much done for you in all of these examples. And the easy peasy posts are just a way to make the process a little shorter, more manageable, but you're still producing things that people are going to want to read. So I highly encourage you to incorporate at least one of those ideas into your next blog post, or if you're like me, your next batch of blog posts. Um, it really makes the process a lot less painful. Another tip I have for making the actual writing process easier is to utilize voice to text features. Um, I think a lot of times part of the blogging process that sucks is the actual time it takes to type everything out and write everything out. So if you are a busy teacher seller like me, just kidding, we're all busy teacher sellers. Um, one of the things I love is when I'm in the car, I'll turn on my notepad feature on my phone and there's a little microphone button and you can actually talk into your phone and it will type out everything you are saying. And because I love timing things, you know how I feel about timing, I timed it one time and in five minutes I was able to speak over 600 words. So think about that. You have five minutes in the car where you're gonna be in the car anyway, and it can be anywhere. Sometimes I do it when I'm getting ready in the morning. And by using that time and speaking about a topic that you know you want to blog about, you already have all the text on a page as a rough draft to your blog post. And all you have to do really is go in, do some formatting, add pictures. Now there's still jobs to be done, but a lot of the legwork and the hard work is done for you that way. So I highly recommend using voice to text or at least trying it if you haven't tried it before. Um, I know that style's not for everybody, but it's definitely worth a try and something that I have grown to love um, to make myself more efficient. And third, I would strongly recommend if you don't already have one, to have some sort of template for your blog posts. And maybe you have multiple templates. I recommend making a template for different types of blog posts. So if you think you're interested in the easy peasy blog posts that I mentioned earlier, you can start today by making a template for your Q&A blog posts, a template for your interview blog posts, a template for what you want your guest posts to entail, and that way you have the bones of your blog post set and ready to go. It makes things so much easier when you don't have to start from scratch every single time. Um, another thing you can do that kind of goes along the lines with templates is make a little simple outline. I have a three-point outline that I use for probably 90% of my blog posts, and it's literally, like I said, three parts. I tell a story, a little anecdote to start off that relates to the problem I'm solving for my reader. In the middle, I go in deeper to everything that I need to talk about regarding that problem to kind of make the reader aware like, whoa, I really need to solve this problem. And then at the end, I swoop in, give them my solution, whether it's in the form of a freebie or a product or a service, and then I'm done, right? It sounds simple, but this is a great way to make sure that you are not starting from scratch every single time you write a blog post. Okie dokie, moving on. Um, the next thing that comes in handy is to repurpose your content, right? It doesn't make any sense to recreate the wheel every single time you write a blog post. So I strongly recommend that you look at the things you already have in your teacher business and see how you can use them um, and repurpose them into blog posts. So I mentioned earlier your Q&As. 
you can easily take your TPT Q&As and use them as a blog post. That's a real simple way. Um, or you can turn it into like a guide that you're going to use as a blog post. Um, there are also ways that you can take old blog posts and turn them into new blog posts. And this is not something you should do every single time you post a blog, but it is the fastest, easiest way to produce a blog post if you really wanna save time and energy. So a couple ways you can do this is taking an old blog post and adding all new photos to it. I know that if we all dug deep into our blog archives, we'd find some pretty scary stuff. Um, so I guarantee you probably have at least a handful of blog posts that you can spruce up in terms of photos. Um, you could also take an old blog post and add a freebie to it. When we first started blogging, our email lists were not even on our radar yet. So I'm sure there are some old blog posts that you have that you could easily go in and at the end say, hey, by the way, I have this, whatever you have, this freebie to offer you, and in exchange, sign up for my email list. Boom. Um, another way you could do it is obviously you can go back and change the text. Um, you can always go back and update the reader. If you talked about a certain process or product, you can update them about how it's doing now. Maybe you just want to spruce up the, um, just like the meaning behind the text and make it a little better because it wasn't your best blog post. Um, improve the text in some way and you all of a sudden have a brand new blog post. Um, now, it's important that when you do these, you have to change it enough to matter. You can't just take the exact same blog post and just change one little thing. But if you tweak a couple things throughout and you change the title of your blog post and then publish it as a new post, it's amazing because it takes way less time than writing a blog from scratch, which you still have to do from time to time. But by combining the repurposing and the easy peasy posts, it actually becomes a lot more manageable to churn out consistent blogs. So I hope that you try a couple of those. Um, oh, another thing I like too is if you have, if you're anything like me, and I, I know so many teacher sellers like this, I think it's just a thing, but like I am so wordy and I could go on for paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs and I have some blog posts that are like outrageously long. So if you have any of those long blog posts, that's fine, but you can also take those blog posts chop them up into two or three segments and use them as a blog series. And right there you have two or three blog posts that are already written for you um, that you just need to kind of reformat a little. So those are all really um, good ways to make blogging a little more manageable. So let me know if you try any of those. Now, oh my goodness, I must have saved the best for last, guys. I strongly encourage you, if you don't already, to batch produce your blog posts. I could probably be the poster child for batching, but if you are new to batching or it's not something that you personally practice yet, um, it's basically in a nutshell. Hi, Tiffany. Oh, I, you know what? I feel your pain. Tiffany said that she'll have to catch the replay because her daughter refused to nap this afternoon. Been there, unfortunately. Best of luck. Um, and thanks for tuning into the replay later in advance. Good luck with that. Um, so batching, in a nutshell, it's kind of like the equivalent to meal prepping, right? Throughout the week, we need to eat breakfast, we need to eat lunch, we need to eat dinner, we have to eat, and we have two choices, right? We can either make each meal as it arises, or we can do a lot of prep at the beginning of the week to prepare ourselves 
for the whole entire week, right? And I love, it's no secret, I love good meal prep um, because it's a lot like batching. So when you batch, you can basically batch anything. You can batch your Facebook posts, you can batch your emails, you name it. But today we're gonna be talking specifically about how you can batch your blog posts. Um, so basically, you're writing a bunch of blog posts at once rather than telling yourself that you're going to blog every single week or every single month. And the way that I batch blog posts is a little different. You have two options here. One is to blog post from start to finish and then write another blog post from start to finish, write another blog post from start to finish. That's fine if that makes more sense to you. But the way that I like to batch my blog posts is by breaking them into steps. So for example, um, once I have my, I usually do 12 blog posts at a time. Um, for my next round, I'm doing 20 blog posts at a time. That's how much I love the system. I take every single step and break it apart. So for example, if I'm finding keywords for one blog post, I'm gonna find keywords for all 12 blog posts in one sitting or in one chunk before I move on to the next step. So I break them down into steps like that. I make all my outlines for every single post together. I make, I do all my proofreading for every single post in one chunk. That way, once I'm done proofreading all my blog posts, I can move on to a totally different step. And I, you know, I, I know there are mixed feelings on batching, especially when it comes to blogging, but when I hear people say they don't like the idea of batching, it's because it's hard. And it's true, it is hard. But blogging is hard. Being a teacher seller is hard. You know, nothing in this business really is easy. So I guess in my eyes, the alternative to not batching is this. If I didn't batch my blog posts, one, I probably wouldn't write any blog posts at all. Two, I would walk around every single day with that little, my little rain cloud over my head telling me, you should be blogging, you should be blogging. And I still wouldn't be blogging because that I've learned from my experience that just doesn't happen. And I would have nothing accomplished and I would have nothing to show for that guilt, right? Whereas I can have two or three weeks of crazy work batching all my blog posts. And sure, those two or three weeks are hard. They're very hard. But after two to three weeks, all my blogs are done. And I have something to show for it. So not only do I feel good, but I can actually see the fruits of my labor. I have blog posts scheduled to go out every other week for however long I batch them for. So this is what it looked like for me last time. I chose 12 blog posts to write and I published them all last August and I scheduled them to go out every other week because I know myself, I'm not an every week blogger. That's just not happening. I'm very much a bi-weekly blogger. And I got to theoretically sit back and relax for six months while those blog posts were scheduled to go out. And I didn't even have to think about blogging for those months. I can't tell you how liberating and amazing that feeling is to batch everything and work your ass off for two or three weeks, maybe longer depending on how much time you have. I work full time on TBT, so I can get it done quicker, but even if you took two months to batch all of your blog posts for the whole entire year, that's a whole entire year you don't have to think about blogging. That is like a gift I would love to give every single person in my life because it feels just that good. So I strongly recommend trying batching, even if it's just two or three blog posts at a time. Um, it's truly life-changing and 
has given me so much freedom to actually spend time on doing the things that I enjoy doing, like creating products, right? So again, it's not easy. It's still going to take work. You're still going to get stressed out. You'll still probably hate blogging and you'll still probably think blogging sucks. I do, I still don't enjoy it, but it's done. And that's the important thing. Sometimes you just have to get it done. Done is better than perfect. And something that's done is going to make a heck of a lot more difference for you and the people you're making it for than something that just sits in your head for a year and never gets done or published or produced, right? So I'll step off my batching soapbox, but really it has made a huge difference, especially when you combine it with the other components we talked about today. If you use batching and you also are incorporating repurposed posts and easy peasy posts, with all those things combined, your blogging experience will be so much less painful than it probably is currently, okay? I am like the before and after product. Two years ago, I was in a deep, dark blogging hole with no blog posts and no plan, and now I feel like I have a lot more um, motivation to blog because I know that I can get it done in a certain amount of time and then be done with it for a long time. It's really great. Um, and really, like I said, you can batch anything. Facebook posts, product photography, emails. Um, so even if you don't want to start batching your blog posts right away, try batching with other things and see how it feels because it's addicting. Like, I'm like, I've turned into like the batch monster now. I batch everything. I swear. I was even joking the other day. I batch my laundry. Like, I actually do. I save all my laundry for one day and then just basically want to like hurl myself out a second story window all day because I'm doing laundry for a full day, but then I don't have to think about laundry for a whole entire week. It's just great. So to sum things up, yes, blogging is hard and yes, it sucks, but it's a necessary evil and we need to find a way to get it done and get it done well-ish. Doesn't have to be perfect. Um, so again, revisit your blogging expectations. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be what all the blogging experts say it has to be, but it should be done, okay? Just get it done, it doesn't have to be perfect. Know your ideal blogging conditions, know when you are most creative, and what circumstances you need and what materials you need in order to optimize the time that you spend blogging. Always be aware of your bloggable moments Write down everything, even if you think it's silly at the time. If you think there's a way you can somehow turn it into a blog post one day, write it down and save it because chances are you probably will. Make the process of writing as painless as possible. Um, use some of those easy peasy blog posts we talked about. Um, use the voice to text feature to shorten the amount of time that you spend typing and try to get some templates and outlines together so that you're not starting from scratch every single time you post a blog. Make sure that you have a focus on repurposing. Like I said, there's no reason to recreate the wheel every single time you write a blog post. So make sure you can um, see how you can revamp your old blog posts or turn your current products or TPT stuff into usable blog content. And last but not least, batching, okay? It's way better to pull off a giant Band-Aid once every six months rather than slowly torturing yourself week after week with the blogs that you either aren't writing at all or the blogs that you're like forcing yourself painfully to write every single week, okay? 
Bottom line is you are not alone. Blogging is hard. This business is hard. Um, you know, and, and it's okay if things are hard, but you need to find a way to make them a little more enjoyable. So hopefully we did that for you here today. Um, if you are not already a member of our School of Sellers Facebook group, please head over and join. Um, it's a great community of sellers where we talk more about how to make things more doable. Um, I also have a podcast called School of Sellers that you can find on iTunes, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts. And I dive into solutions every week about how to make your business feel more doable, even if it is still going to be hard. And last but not least, you can visit ErinMWaters.com and access some freebies that I have over there for you. And it's also where I keep all of the show notes for previous podcasts. Um, so you can go ahead and explore at ErinMWaters.com. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you next week. Have a great week. Mm -hmm.